Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Did you wonder what it would be like to have a fulfilled life? Most people are searching for this kind of life, but if they're honest, they're having trouble getting there. In John chapter 15, Jesus is giving some final instructions to the apostles at the Last Supper, which took place the night before Jesus knew he would die on the cross. In his teaching, Jesus explains that there's a supernatural experience of him waiting for all who follow him. Yet, so many people have not found it because they don't even know it's possible. Let's hear from Jesus in part two of Pastor Jim's message, Something is Missing. He wants us to be continually attached to him and be fruitful in the kingdom of God. Now, when I talk about being fruitful, for some of you, you just immediately think, oh gosh, you know, that just sounds like more work. That just sounds like more stuff to do. But remember what Jesus said in Matthew. He said, my burden is easy. It's light. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. If what? John 15, if you abide, if you remain in Jesus. Now, I know this. A lot of you, a lot of us are weary and need rest. And today, Jesus calls all of us to abide in him, to stay attached to him. And interestingly enough, the result of abiding and staying attached to him is rest and a fruitful life. Now you're like, how does that work? Well, that's what we're going to be exploring. There's a huge enemy of the Christian life. Self-inflicted weariness huge, huge enemy of the Christian life. And the cure is abiding in Jesus. A lot of people are spiritually thirsty. They're like, oh, you know, I'm so dry. I'm so dry. What is the answer to being spiritually thirsty? Abiding in Jesus. So it's interesting, just before Jesus said, let's go, he actually said this to them, Uh, Chapter 14, verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Now, it's almost like he's saying, hey, guys, let's go out and get it. Let's go out and get it. I'm going to leave you with peace. Let's go out and grab it for ourselves. Now, let me remind you, this is a very stressful time. The religious leaders want Jesus because they want to kill him. The Roman empires, it's Passover week and they're just tired of the Jews and they don't like all the commotion that this Jesus of Nazareth has caused in town. And, and at the end of chapter 14, we'll read a, some of chapter 14 in a minute, but, but I'm not gonna specifically read uh, one thing that Jesus said. Jesus actually told the apostles that Satan was coming for them. <laughs> You're like, really? That's not very positive and uplifting, Jesus. What's the deal with that? And that he's going to go die on the cross. Yet he says, I leave you with peace. How can that be? Abiding. Right now in the United States, I don't know that we really are portraying to the world, the rest of the country, as being a people of peace. I think some people see us as a people of hype. We're just, everything's great and when, when there's real problems going on in our country, let's not, let's not ignore that. Or they see us as being rebellious. 
we're not gonna we're not gonna do what 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 any state or any governor or any president or any any health official we're not gonna do what anybody tells us to do. Or they just see a lot of other people who are just completely down in the dumps, like like Jesus doesn't even doesn't even live. And in all of those things, it's so important for us to remember. I'm not saying we don't let some of this stuff you know weigh on our hearts. We constantly, you know, Philippians tells us to you know you know be anxious for nothing, but to bring it to God in prayer. But but when it comes to you know some of the things that are going on you know, and, and people just being so angry about everything. Let's not forget that, that 1 Corinthians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul said, your life, Christian, and my life is not our own. We were bought with a price. And so how we live in this time is very, very important. So what is abiding? Well, you know, there's the Jesus' illustration will be in the weeks to come, um, and, I, and, and he will make it clear to us, and I believe it will open the eyes of many. But I know for a lot of you, when you think about abiding, you've already admitted defeat or you fear all the obstacles. While I hope that some of you are beginning to get excited, this is all I ask you in the weeks to come. Um, I'm asking you to bring a willing heart. Just bring a willing heart. Just That's all you gotta bring. What does that mean? Be ready to come, follow Stay with Jesus and abide with Jesus and give him some time. And it, it will, I'm being honest with you, it's going to take some effort on your part, but let's again think of it as grace-motivated effort. I'm motivated by God's grace and love towards me and mercy towards me to put in the effort. Well, okay, what is abiding, you ask, all right? Well, it depends upon who you ask. Clearly, in this passage, it's about discipleship, it's about loving one another. It's about fruitfulness. I would say, if you want to encapsulate it, it, it's a life that is centered on a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, there's different camps on what that means. Some say it's about having all of your doctrinal ducks in a row. Now, that's very important, but there's just some things that are just beyond our understanding. But that's important. Others say it, it, it's about it's about love. But that's a big challenge because it's not, sometimes we think of certain people and, you know, they're very loving. Oh, they're such a loving and kind and loving person. But, but they're not the person you're going to call in the middle of the night when you've you got a flat tire. They're not the person that, that, you're gonna, that you can really count on to do anything because they're loving, but they're not really serving people. And that's a lot of what this chapter is about. Uh, some people say uh, it's, it's, abiding is about a biblical, life-changing experience with Jesus. So, so what do I think it is? I think it's about having your doctrine and teaching right. I think it's about being loving, aggressively loving, and actively loving people. And I think it's about a life-changing experience with Jesus. I think it's about all three of them. So what would it mean in terms of a church? In terms of a church, it would mean solid, accurate, biblical teaching, not just making it up as you go along. It would be about the love of Jesus, meaning by that it would be for Jesus and for his people in the house of the Lord. It would be a meaningful experience of, of joyful worship that, that really 
you know, does not portray sadness, but portrays how much you love God and how much you're grateful for Jesus and the power of his spirit. In other words, church really could be a taste of heaven. It really could be. I think, I think in life, it's daily meeting with Jesus. It's making time for Jesus. It's being filled with right thinking from the word of God. Remember last week in Psalm 1, it talked about, about meditating on the word of the Lord day and night. It's about, as the Apostle Paul said in Romans 12, we talked about this last week, about renewing our mind. It's about letting God change our desires. And see, that's a big part of the problem that a lot of people have, is they, they're like, oh, well, God doesn't want me to do this because they have not let the word of God form their desires. There's an old expression that goes something like this. Let me see if I can remember it. Um, you're not what you think you are, but what you think you are. <laughs> think about that. You're not what you think you are. You might think you're this, but the way you think is really what you are. So, so it's daily walking with Jesus, being filled with right thinking in our own lives. It's, it's loving Jesus and people, serving Jesus and people. That, that, that's living the Christian life. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, I, I want to maybe just tell you something. This is not seeking less out of life. This is seeking way more out of life. Way more. People think, oh, it's going to be this boring life. Not at all. And so John 15, I think, assumes good teaching and right living, but also brings us into a new experience of walking with Jesus. In other words, we might call this uh, it's about non-weird, both feet on the ground, daily experience of being attached to Jesus that gives us strength and joy for living in this world. So to set the, the, the tone a little bit for John 15, let's go back to chapter 14 and pick it up at verse 19. Once again, we're at the, the Last Supper. Jesus says this, a little while longer and the world will see me no more. Uh, but you will see me. They must have been like, what he talks? We don't understand what he's talking about half the time. Because I live, you will, you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me, that's a strange thing, and I in you. He who has my commandments, now we're only supposed to obey God's commandments, but he's saying my commandments, so who is he saying he is? He's saying he's God. He who has my commandments and keeps them is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Verse 22, Judas, not Iscariot, not a big popular name these days, Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not the world? So, so what what's, makes us so different? Verse 23, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and we will make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words and the word which you hear is not mine but the father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, so here we have our Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, 
whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I have said to you. So that, that gives us a clue going into chapter 15 that the words of Jesus are going to be very, very important in this abiding. So we come to chapter 15, and John 15 is about the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit creating a supernatural life in you and through you that bears fruit. So the metaphor is we are a branch that is attached to a vine, and the vine sustains the life of the branch, okay, unlike anything else can. So John 15 is going to bring us into the reality of being in Christ, of the union we have with Christ, but this is where we have to understand abiding. For a lot of people, coming to Jesus and then say, well, I came and then, you know, I'm a Christian, but I just, I'm not walking with the Lord or I'm doing my own thing, but you know, I, I'm, still, I'm still a Christian. Abiding, being a Christian, is, is not some brief, if you will, love affair. It's not some temporary thing. It is, it is building a lifelong, intimate, and loving relationship with God. Now again, becoming a Christian, or being saved as we call it, having the forgiveness of sins and eternal life, because putting our trust in Jesus instead of ourselves for the forgiveness of sins, is all made possible by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and our response to that. How do you respond to that, friend? That is the essence of Christian faith. So what is a Christian? What is a Christian? Let's, not, let's forget about what we, what we think about it here in America or what some people think about it or what you check off on a, you know, on a, you're in the hospital or at the doctor's office or the, some poll or something like that. Let's forget about all that. A Christian is someone who comes into, because of what Jesus has done and the offer of salvation, going to heaven, having your sins forgiven, a Christian is someone who comes into a living relationship with Jesus Christ and the life of Christ begins to flow through them. We're not, we're not cul-de-sacs of grace. We're not dead-end streets. We're conduits. We're like a highway of grace. It, it comes from God to us, to others. Yet, for many, what the Lord is doing in and through you has given way to what he is doing for you. Expecting things from God that he never said that he would give to us, and it has led to disappointment. Now, if you have seatbelts, you might want to put them on. God has designed the Christian life in such a way that when we seek things other than him, Jesus said, seek the kingdom and his righteousness, and the other things will be added to you as, as well. God has designed us when we seek other things. We believe the, the promises of the false teachers, that if you, if you believe in Jesus, you'll, you'll always be rich, and you'll never be sick, and you'll, you'll have, everything will be great for you all the time. If you believe those lies, 
and they don't come true, you're going to be disappointed because you believed a lie. And God has actually designed you and I and lets providence or the, the, the events of our life happen. So we will be disappointed. Not so we walk away from him, but so we walk away from the lies. We walk away from the darkness and we step into the light of the truth. Now what's difficult and yet necessary in this is in chapter 14, verse 20, he says, you are in me. In chapter 15, verse 4, he says, abide in me and both follow with and I'm in you. I think for a lot of us as Christians, it's a lot easier to wrap our arms around Christ living in us than us being in Jesus. But, but that's a key to understand that. Now, some of you are going like, ah, oh, I don't know what to do. Ah, oh, breathe easy, breathe easy. The Apostle Paul rescues us, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. He says that God the Father put Christ in us. Okay? And he put us in Christ. So God is the one who puts us in Christ. So what's our part? We don't have to have the pressure. We, when he says, abide in me, you and me, what's our part? Our part is to remain there. And we remain there by abiding in Christ. Now, the fact that God puts all who turn and put their trust in Jesus in Christ serves as our confidence and our security that we belong there. Some of you think, well, I don't really belong there. No, no, God, that's what God does. And, and also comes with that is trusting that the Lord has made it possible, if you've put your trust in Jesus, for you to stay there. He's made it possible for you to abide in him. But not only do we belong to God, John 15 shows us how to abide in Christ and how the Lord produces fruit in us and through us. I was thinking recently of, I've seen her speak a couple times about a great example of this. One of the modern day heroes of the faith I think we have is a woman by the name of Joni Erickson Tata. If you know her story, she's 70 now. But uh, when she was in high school, she dove off a, uh, you know, one of those platforms out in the lake, and it was much shallower than she thought, and she landed immediately on her head, and she became uh, quadriplegic, and she's been in a wheelchair her entire life. And I remember hearing her say this one time, and I, and I think I read it, that she said it, and I'll tell you, I was just blown away, man. I was, I was like, that's an abider. That's an abider. I'm paraphrasing what she said. She said something like this. God could have healed me, but he did a greater miracle than healing me. He put a smile on my face. Man, some of us are so blessed. And we're walking around with such long faces. 
and she needs someone, she needs her husband to, to pick her up out of bed every day and, and get her ready and you know, move her here and move her there and get her ready to go to bed at night and stuff like that. Everything must take five times longer you know, than, than it takes for us, ten times longer. And yet, she's not bitter about it. I'm sure people told her that if she had more faith, she could get up and walk out of that wheelchair. But she says, oh, no, 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 greater miracle. Greater miracle has been done. I'm not sour about it. He's put a, put a smile on my face. So what's our part? Our part is to stay connected to Jesus. Our part is to yield ourselves to the work of the Holy Spirit that comes through the word of God and prayer and then being fruitful and doing what he says. I think the goal is, is like this, trying to live in the presence of God, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Pray without ceasing. Kids, ask your mom and dad if that can be your memory verse for the week. Nice and short. Pray without ceasing. Other versions say pray continually or pray constantly. But how about that famous verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, in Christ, God has put us in there, He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But here is the soul-searching question. Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that? Seriously, in addition to just saying, well, I trusted in Jesus, I'm going to heaven. Are you ready for God to make big positive changes in your life Make your life fruitful. Make your life full of joy. Make it full of love. Or do you want to stay the same? I love the old expression. Change is here to stay. That's the Christian life. And while it's not always easy, with Jesus, I know it's always for my good and for his glory. All because you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to you. And if you let it, that will change your intimacy with God and that will change your whole life. That will change the the conversations from maybe I got to get out of this thing or oh, when's God coming? Some people walk around, all they care about is God's coming. Not because they want to see his face, but because for them, life is so miserable all of the time. And God wants to change that too. I can't wait to see his, his face, but praise the Lord, he remains with us because I remain in him, which means that he's already here. How important is abiding? Jesus is teaching this to his disciples. How important is John 15? He is teaching this to his disciples between the Last Supper and the Garden of Gethsemane and the cross. In a matter of hours, he will be on a cross. These are part of his parting words. Jesus is leaving the work of the gospel to the apostles and the church. So fruit and growth and joy will be possible if we're connected to Jesus, but impossible if we are not connected to Jesus. Much of the world will be against followers of Jesus. Followers of Jesus will suffer and will wonder where God is and will wonder if God loves me and will wonder if God cares. Many will fall away. Others will constantly be saying, something is missing. 
and they will be right if they are not abiding in Christ. So the first step to new life in Jesus Christ is to step into the kingdom of God. Come to Jesus. All of you who are weary and overburdened, all of you who know you've experienced that religion is not the answer, let Jesus take the weight of your sin off your shoulders and place it onto himself on the cross. Turn to God. Put your trust in Jesus, but don't leave. Stay. Abide. Follow. Be close to Jesus. In the weeks to come, my prayer is that John 15 will open our hearts and minds to a new way of living where we can honestly say, not because we're inactive, but being active in kingdom work, that Jesus' yoke is easy and his burden is light. So instead of going around or thinking something is missing, we'll be able to say that something has changed. A new experience of being attached to Jesus an experience of the abundant life that Jesus promised for us all. Thank you for spending the last half hour with Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to help you deepen your relationship with Christ no matter where you are in your journey. Teaming with Changed by Love financially makes it possible to reach thousands, many more than you and I could reach on our own. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Please consider a generous gift today. Give safely and securely online at changedbyloveradio.org. You'll find our address there too if you'd rather send a check. You can always reach us by phone at 862-217-9686. It takes a team to encourage thousands. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney. changedbyloveradio.org.